When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wolfpackers Show. I'm Matt Carter, joined by Ethan McDowell, who is on site in East Hartford, Connecticut, or some somewhere whereabout in that vicinity. Uh, he was on scene last night at NC State's 24-14 win over UConn, and we'll be talking about that in our post-game reflection podcast. But before we do that, let's get some uh, housekeeping items out of the way with a reminder of wherever you are listen to or download your podcast, please rate us and review us. Uh, preferably a, a higher rating would be preferred. Uh, if you're following us on YouTube, be sure to hit that uh, subscribe button, um, follow us and, and help us out. All of that helped us out. That's, that's why we're asking for it. A uh, reminder to sign up for the website. Uh, we're going to and we'll give you a little teaser. There might be some recruiting information coming down the pipe in the next week that might be worth following on the website. So join uh, our premium website. Sometimes on three runs some specials. There was just a recently. There was a really good one. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But go ahead and sign up now while you can. Also, uh, please support our sponsor, Rogue Shop. Dot com. That's R-O-G as in girl, U-E-S as in Sam, H-O-P as in Paul, dot com. They have all your natural cannabis needs. Uh, these are safe products. They are legal products. They're all natural, and they can help you out if you're suffering from sleep deprivation. Maybe you got anxiety issues or you're, you're dealing with some kind of chronic pain-related issues. Uh, some maybe you feel the need to relax a little bit more in life. Um, these are products that might be able to help you out. Small small companies, a husband and wife outfit, husband's a disabled veteran who personally use these products to help him out. Um, and they have a live chat feature on their website with an actual human being. It's not an AI agent on the other end. And they are on our message board, too, if you have any questions that you might want to ask them. So um with that out of the way let's uh get into this game ethan 24 14 i wrote about it uh last night in my column in my opinion it was decidedly a mixed bag i mean and maybe that's what's to be expected in an opener there's some things to like i think there's a good starting point for nc state but definitely some things that are concerning so we like to be glass half full Let's start with the good starting point. Ethan, what were your positive takeaways from the win in, in Connecticut? Yeah, I mean, before the game, I predicted, um, I believe my prediction was 24-10. Yeah, you wanted to get that out of the way right away, didn't you? <laughs> and the final score ended up being 24-14. So um, it was about what I expected as a whole. I'd say the process was a little bit um, – different than what I expected offensively um I was a little surprised how much they leaned on the ground game but I thought it was pretty effective um did not expect um Brennan Armstrong to be quite as mobile as he was not only was he um 
willing to run through guys. He was making guys miss, running around guys. Uh, I, I was really impressed with his mobility. And when games get tough and it's kind of just a uh, real grinded out fight like that game was, Brandon's going to be able to bail this team out some. And that's going to be really helpful, especially once you get to start playing some tougher defenses like Clemson and Notre Dame and stuff like that. They will need his legs this season. And it's um it's was encouraging to see that, um you know, he can produce when he needs to in that respect. Um, Kevin Concepcion, I thought was the brightest spot in the receiving core. I mean, shoot, he's a true freshman. He's not the biggest guy, but man, he's, he's tough to bring down. He's tough to get a hand on. And once you get a hand on him, he, he'll run through you and make you miss. And, um, you know, I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Um, defensively, I mean, Peyton Wilson looks like a 60 year all ACC linebacker. I mean, he looked great. He, um, I think there was one tackle that he overpursued on, but other than that, he played pretty lights out. I thought the defensive line improved as the game went on. Um, I thought their depth showed towards the end of the game, and by the um, by the fourth quarter, Davin Van was um, blowing the uh, UConn offensive tackle back into almost to the quarterback on every single play. He, his um, strength and pass rush was really showing up as it went on. Um, thought Jalen Scott really showed up. He uh, was really flying around, had some big plays um, or stopped some big plays as kind of just the last line of defense on some of um, UConn's Russian plays. And, you know, the cornerbacks, they UConn actually tested Aiden White a few times early, which I thought was interesting. Got him on a couple um, quick and breaking routes. But after that, I don't think we heard from his side of the field again. Aiden settled in and Shaheem did a good job doing the same. Um, biggest positive for me, I'd say, just as a whole, is that uh, one penalty for five yards. That I feel like that's unprecedented in a in a season opener. Like that that's very impressive coaching and um, execution by the players. That um, in a new offense, we're not there was one um, pre snap penalty, but otherwise NC State, you know, kept it clean, no turnovers as well. That 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 felt really important in this game. That NC State didn't really give UConn much momentum. UConn took some momentum and earned some, but NC State was not giving away much in this game, which is encouraging to see. Yeah, I think, yeah. It was, other than two drop passes that were kind of drive killers, uh, one by Jalen Coit right before Braden Narvson missed a 50-yard field goal. Um, there was another by Terrell Timmons. It looked like it would have been a first down had he caught it. looked like he had room to run after the catch uh, went through his hands. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty almost a very – you're going to have missed assignments. There's not a football game on planet Earth where people don't miss assignments, and that can sometimes lead to big plays like the Connecticut long run. The two Both Connecticut touchdown runs look like uh, something would – missed a shot somebody missed an assignment and, and opened up the secondary but um it was an exceptionally as, as former east carolina head coach steve logan liked to say clean presentation it was a good clean presentation not only did they not have any turnovers they were were not close to having a turnover there wasn't really any risky you know, yeah. oh you got away with one type moment other than maybe one pass downfield to porter rooks that got broken up, but you know, I, I didn't think that was, that was going to be a heck of a play of a defender 
come down with that interception. Um, so I thought it was a very clean presentation. I agree with you. Other than one drive and one play, the defense was really good. And the first drive, you know, quite frankly, they had an opportunity to get a three and out. And then on the next set of downs, uh, UConn converted on fourth and one. So they were close to being off the field on the opening drive, which is a big, big deal because the offense has its biggest advantage of the game. It's always on its opening drive without fail. Um, and, of course, they had the one long touchdown run. But I thought the defense was stout. I thought the kicking game was really good. I'm not going to cry about missing a 50-yard field goal. when He had the leg. He was trying to hook it from the uh, right half mark. And it just got a little bit wide left. Wasn't didn't miss by a ton wide left. It didn't look like from the TV angle, at least. You need the 44-yard 44 44-yard 44 field goal looked really nice. Clearly, he got legged. I thought Caden Newcastle did a great job on the punting. Nearly got one pinned at the one-yard line. Jalen Court made smart decisions. I know he got bad luck on a couple of those bounces um, on the punt, but on punt return. And then Julian Gray had a great night returning kickoffs. So I thought the special teams were really good. Defense was good. It looked like they're going to be stout. And you saw an element of the offense, as you mentioned, with Brennan Armstrong's ability to take a dead play and turn it into a positive play. He just seemed to have a knack for reading the pressure and understanding the pocket and seeing where the lane is to escape. I'll be curious to know if maybe he was a little bit too quick to, to tuck and run. That's something he mentioned himself. He might have been. And uh, and maybe you can expand him on, on that shortly here, Ethan, where their receivers open sometimes that Brenham, before, you know, tucked and run and the pressure was getting there kind of quick. You know, that. but regardless of that, I just felt like the first time since Jacoby Brissett was quarterback at NC State, they have a quarterback who can escape pressure and turn it into a five, ten-yard gain. And the best example of that, third and goal from the eight, that, that's a low percentage down in distance. That's the... When Michael Allen got tackled at the nine-yard line after his run, I'm, my immediate reaction is that's not good. Because now you got first and goal from the nine. And that's just a low percentage down in distance. But Armstrong was able to escape the pressure, find running room, and he's just a tough runner. Kind of reminds me of Sam Howe a few years ago. Mm. He was running for UNC and ended up nearly running for 1,000 yards. He doesn't look athletic. It's not a fluid running motion. But he's tough and doesn't take a lot of hard hits. You would think he'd be vulnerable to just getting lit up, but he doesn't. He, he has a knack for avoiding being hit hard um, and just seems to make really good, smart decisions. I think there was one time where he dove a little bit premature and missed the first down. Um, and I think they ended up that being on that drive where they ended up missing the field goal. But you know, those were, to me, were the positive. I think that's a good starting point because what I was trying to say in my column, Ethan, is offenses can get better. We're talking about a quarterback with new receivers, receivers and offensive linemen and running backs with a new coordinator. You know, much was made about Brennan Armstrong knows the offense, but the other guys don't. They, they don't know it that well yet. And they got to get caught up to speed. That's going to improve. Offensive line play is one of the one position groups that can improve the most if they get more consistency and continuity of live game action. 
looks like Lyndon Cooper should be good to go next week. So if that those are areas that can get better. Not guarantee that they're going to get better, and we'll talk about that now, but they can get better. I will say, the glass half-empty side now, you know, last year there was a lot of issues getting explosive downfield passes. That was pretty much non-existent last night. Um, the short yardage success rate is still way too low. Um, too many times stopped at the line. And I actually thought UConn did NC State a little bit of favor by trying to throw the football and maybe be balanced. Because I thought in the first half they were running at will. And to me, that was concerning. So maybe that's a few of my uh, glass half-empty takes. Ethan, what were some of the things that may maybe concern you a little bit uh, from the game last night? Yeah, I thought the um, offense as a whole – the designs were different. Um, the results were pretty similar, just in terms of, you know, a lot of quick passes and, um, you know, relying pretty much on that run game. And, you know, I was hoping to see a few more explosive plays, a few more deep passes. I think everybody was. Um, but UConn took that away, and um, NC State was taking what they could get and what was um, – given to them by the defense. I, I think the deep passing game will improve as Armstrong continues to build his chemistry with them. The receivers, he had Porter Rooks on a deep pass at some point in the second half, I believe. Um, but Porter Rooks wasn't looking for it, and I think Armstrong put it in kind of the wrong place. And it's another one of those things that you mentioned kind of missing, maybe taken off a little too early on a few plays. Once Armstrong builds more trust with his receivers, has a better idea of when and where they'll be open on plays, I think um, he'll be able to be a little more comfortable sticking in that pocket for the extra half second and getting the ball out. But there was a couple times, um, I noticed especially a couple times with um, Terrell Timmons where um, he beat his guy, and um, but Armstrong was already um, tucking and running at that point. Um, and that's not to say that Armstrong was, uh, you know, you know, scared in the pocket or anything. Like I, his pocket and presence really impressed me in the way he was able to sense rushers. So, you know, maybe not necessarily against Notre Dame because I think again it's probably going to be unfairly to fully judge this team next week against a really good Notre Dame team. But once we get into the meat of the schedule, I do want to see more explosive plays um, down the field. Um, who's that going to come from? We'll see. I think the. Jury's still out on that. Jalen Coit got open a couple times, like 20-plus yards downfield, but couldn't bring in the ball. So we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, the run defense, you brought up a good point. They were running at will in the first half. Um, if you look at the final numbers, too, I believe they still ended up averaging um, – it was 6.2 yards per carry. That's obviously not a number that NC State wants, and it's not a number they expect. The expectations for this run defense are high after last season. Last year was like a borderline historic run defense with the way – with how highly productive the safeties were in helping out with that and just um, how lights out the linebackers were as tacklers. But if you remember the uh, ECU game last year, the tackling was horrible. The and the you know, so the run defense wasn't that good either, and that's one of those immediate jumps that the team made and ended up being one of the best tackling teams in the country. Um, Doran says it all the time 
week one, the week two, it's a huge opportunity to improve. Um, I think, like you said, this was a great foundation. I, I, I feel a lot better about this game than I did when NC State came out of the ECU game. I think everyone would agree with that. But um, I think this was a much more promising start than last year's. And, um, yeah, this, this was a decent UConn team. And uh, it's good to get out of East Hartford with a win. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that um, Notre Dame game. That's a good segue, by the way. Breaking news as we're recording this podcast at 10.20 a.m. The ACC officially has welcomed Cal, SMU, and Stanford. They will begin play next year. So that is official uh, bulletin from the ACC. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but it's now ACC has gone national to 18 teams. So you mentioned the Notre Dame game. Good segue because we uh, I want to introduce you to a great app. It's called Game Time, um, which is just an awesome way to get tickets even at the last minute. So I'm going to pull it up on my phone here. If you're following us on YouTube, you can be able to see it. Uh, it loads up on my home minute. It comes up very quickly. Let's see what Game Time looks like. You can see all the events in the Valley Durham area. And let's check out. Look, there's NC State Notre Dame right there. Um, I click on that. You click on that, and it gives you some of the best options available right now, as well as some of the cheapest options. Which, as you can see, this game is in high demand. Those ticket prices have not come down that much since it started. Um, game time will guarantee you your cheapest ticket. If not, they'll refund it 110 percent. So that's how confident they are, and how much. They can make your uh, ticket buying experience kind of very stress-free, if you will. And the best part about this is if you join now, you can use the promo code WOLFPACK, all capital letters, and get $20 off your first purchase. So go to gametime.co, not, not .com. That's important to know. It's .co. Or you can download the app, and it's just it is great. Uh, when you're looking for last-minute tickets. Maybe you and your significant other decide, you know what, we want to go to a theater or a comedy or or uh, there's a concert that we didn't think we could go to, but now we can. And it's last-minute, just pull up the app, and you'll get the best available tickets or the cheapest available tickets guaranteed. And if you're thinking now after this UConn game, if you're a believer in the Wolfpack and you want to buy tickets to that Notre Dame game, this is your best chance because not only are you going to get the cheapest price guaranteed, you're going to get $20 off if you're a first-time user with that promo code Wolfpack. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Wolfpack, all capital letters, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Wolfpack, all capital letters, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, Ethan. So uh, let's talk a little bit too about another area that should NC State fans be a little bit concerned with or uh, wait and see. And I, I think that's the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Brennan Armstrong, maybe at times could have been a little quick to, to uh, tuck and run, but also that was available to him. You brought up a good point where UConn would not really bringing the house that much 
Um, they were leaving running room for the quarterback. That was something they were giving up. They were tending to flood the zone. Um, and I think Armstrong, being in college football for 573 years, recognized that pretty quickly and saw what the deep, he mentioned he, in his post-game comments, which you can watch on our YouTube channel. He mentioned that this was a game he thought he could use his feet to help win and move the football. Um, and they did have some good runs. I thought Jordan Houston. I thought Michael Allen probably should have deserved a few more carries than he got, but uh, Jordan Houston had some nice runs. But that said, I I was surprised to see only one quarterback hurry for UConn in the game, but that may have been because Armstrong ran so much that they don't get credit for a hurry. And without bringing a whole lot of blitz, they seemed to be getting into the backfield perhaps too much for your comfort. And there was a couple of third and twos where Mims got shut down. There was a fourth and one where Mims didn't get any push in front of him. Um, so that, I mean, that, that is an area you can get better, believe it or not. It's also an area you are who you are sometimes. So it's going to go one way or the other. This is who NC State is, or as the offensive line gets more comfortable in the new offense, Lyndon Cooper comes back. They develop this chemistry and continuity of playing with each other. And they start under, understanding each other's tendencies. Uh, maybe McMahon knows what Derek Eason's going to do more comfortably so than, than he does in game one where he's still not quite sure what Eason might do. Little things like that. But if, to me, if there was one unit that I came away most concerned about, it's probably the unit I was most concerned about going into the game, and that's the offensive line. Yep, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I was hoping to see a little more push on those short yardage situations. That was one of my uh, – number one priorities to watch and it really wasn't there um UConn has a solid defensive front um Eric Watts Watts is like probably an NFL type guy um so you know it's not like they were getting blown off the ball by VMI right but um and I thought McKay and Belton for the most part had pretty solid days especially since um I forget who was having to deal with Watts for most of the game. But um, I thought they did a good job for the most part, other than one play where they both got beat. And um, shoot, I think Armstrong ended up escaping anyways. But, um, you know, the interior just wasn't getting that much of a push. And honestly, a lot of those runs, um, the more productive ones by um, Jordan Houston, Michael Allen, a lot of those were them recognizing that and bouncing outside. Uh which, you know, kudos to the running backs. It's good vision, good explosiveness to, you know, get around the edge and get some positive yardage. But I, th- I think it's worth being concerned about, to be honest. Um, it was encouraging. We actually got to go down on the field during warmups, which was fun. But um, Lyndon was down there. He went through um, the full warmups, you know, just to get in a routine um, for – Hopefully next week, um, there's optimism that he will be back next week. And um, he's someone that really impressed me during the spring game, really physical blocker who uh, I think they could really use on the interior of that line. Um, So we'll see how they hold up against Notre Dame's defensive line. Um, But right now, I think that is concern number one. Some of the other concerns, um, you know, the deep passing, I think, will come as chemistry builds and um, 
you know, Armstrong develops a better connection with a few of those receivers. The run defense, I have full faith. Um, I don't think many teams will average six yards per carry against NC State this year. But um, those are things that I see improving. The offensive line, I'd say, is a little harder to predict, and we'll see. I agree with you. And and we'll mention with the running game, too, the numbers were – you can't take it out because the 71-yard run is the 71-yard run that happened. But that obviously can tend to skew um, some of the numbers as well. But UConn was effective running the football. And I I go back to what I said earlier, and I mentioned it in the game thread as the game was going on. I thought UConn maybe would abandon the running a little bit to try to get the passing game going and, and that might have played into entry state's hands a little bit to get that defense settled down after the first drive. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you too. It'll be interesting to see what comes at the passing game. We know Brennan Armstrong can throw the football. Um, you know, he threw a nice deep ball to Terrell Timmons. Um, you know, that went about 40, 50 yards in the air. Timmons got a passing interference out of it. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't quite on the same page with Porter Brooks on the one pass there. Um, the big one that sticks out in my mind was, um, I think it was about a 20 yard completion to, um, Bradley Rosner on, mm-hmm. on third down where he was moving back foot throw and placed it perfectly. And Rosner did a good job on that route, kind of adjusting and getting in front of the defensive back to, you know, cut off any chances at a turnover, but it was really good ball considering, um, he was on his move and off the back foot. So, you know, the arm talent's there. Um, and it, look, UConn, you know, I, Ethan was there. I don't have access to the All-22 film. It could have very well been that uh, UConn was flooding the, the, the deep. I mean, they could have been dropping seven guys back and just taking away downfield passes and giving NC State the underneath swing type passes, and that's what NC State took. You know, Robert and I as Forgot more football during an overnight sleep than Ethan and Ethan and I will know in our lifetime. So um, that may have been the case, and that may have been a bit strategic. But up at the line, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to have to be a wait and see. Can they get him get better? Can they? They will improve if they stay healthy. They will improve. But what is the ceiling for that offensive line, and can it limit the liability that it may have been in in the opener? I remember there was one play where they got the wheel out. They got exactly what they wanted, linebacker on Michael Allen. But Armstrong didn't have enough time to let the play develop. He had to force the throw too soon, and it wasn't anywhere near near the target area. Um, with better protection, Allen probably going to get some separation, and Armstrong can make a, a more comfortable throw. So um, little things like that, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, before we give out, Ethan's kind of new to the post-game reflection podcast. Everyone will give out a game ball. So he's got to – I'll give him a minute to think about who he wants to give out his game ball to. Before we do that, though, I, I mentioned the breaking news. It really broke early Friday morning, literally. Like, I, my dog woke me up uh, earlier than I wanted her to. Um, and I picked up the phone, and uh, there was a tweet from, I believe, Pete Thamel. They said the ACC had voted to expand and add three teams. Ethan, do you have any quick reaction to next year, Cal, SMU, and Stanford joining the conference? 
I mean, it's the same reaction to when we talked about it on the pod last. I don't think it makes any sense. It really sucks for um, some of the Olympic sports. Uh, and the money, I guess it makes sense. It's just, it's strange. Like, I believe I saw, S- I, forgot who, I forget who tweeted it. I apologize. Um, that SMU's for, foregoing football revenue for, what was it, nine years? Nine yeah, we're going TV revenue for nine TV years. Revenue. It's such a strange situation. Um, I'm not opposed to an occasional trip to the Bay Area, but um, I don't <laughs> think it makes much sense. Um, I don't really get what they add aside from Bay Area and Dallas-Fort Worth TV markets. And um, I hope this isn't the end of the plan. It's like this isn't going to save the ACC. So, yeah, hope they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I'll be the um, I, I, maybe I can play the role of uh, the contrarian opinion just to, to have that out there. But it could be a move in which there's no secret Florida State's been very public about moving on. If you follow the tea leaves from Clemson insiders, it's no secret they're in lockstep with Florida State. They're just not being about as loud and public about it. I'm not so sure we're not seeing something coming down the pipe pretty soon from those two schools. Um, there is apparently a clause in the ACC contract where if they get below 15 teams, ESPN can reopen the TV deal, at which point you lose Florida State and Clemson, and that's how you get below 15 teams. Well, then you've lost a lot of your brand value and the new TV deal won't be uh, as good, right? So, especially with ESPN uh, and Disney involved in a lot right now, apparently if you're a Spectrum uh, subscriber right now, you're not very very happy with life with the way uh, ESPN got taken off. I, I understand they got taken off the Spectrum yesterday, right before, like right around 8 o'clock. Um so that kind of stinks. Uh, you've been waiting all year for college football. But, you know, this is the way where you can you do add some revenue, you keep the TV contract safe. And, you know, I will say this. I think it puts you in a position where you don't have to worry about an implosion a la Pac-12. Right? And now, let's say you do lose a Clemson or a Florida State. You, know, you still have a viable conference that's still very much on par with the Big 12. And you just have become now part of a two-tier power conference system, right, where you have the SEC and Big 10 and Tier 1 and Big 12 and ACC in Tier 2. And that's what it sort of becomes at this point. Um, I think kind of maybe that's the the, uh, contrarian to what I think your opinion might be a little bit more conventional wisdom, obviously. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they figure out the travel plans. And, um, and I feel for a little bit for the Stanford and Cal non-revenue athletes. It can be a very tough haul for those. SMU will be tough too, but not quite as tough. They're probably used to it because they're in a conference that has no geographic um, sense to it at all in the American Athletic Conference. So, but... Um, yeah, it might be a little bit tough for Cal and Stanford. So hopefully they get something that keeps those student athletes in mind and, and not put too much stress 
on them as well. Um, so I'm curious to see how it all works out. It's a bold play. It may be a bit reactive, but we'll see how it all works out. It is interesting that it sounds like Randy Woodson uh, transferred at NC State was the um, swing vote uh, from what it sounds like. It took 12 out of 15 to approve. UNC, Clemson, and Florida State apparently voted no. NC State was thought to be a no and swan to yes. Right? Uh, NC State was definitely the center of attention during this process. It's also interesting, by the way, that schools like Miami were yes. Because I think a lot of people kind of assume Miami would be like Florida State and Clemson or maybe Virginia Tech as well. But, you know, you see these schools seem to be more interested in trying to find a way to make the ACC work at this moment. So, um, anyway, we'll have a lot more to think, talk about there over the next year, starting in 2024. Get ready. Blow up the schedule. Remember all that talk about the uh, new scheduling format? What was it? Three, three, five. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but blow it up. <laughs> you got to start all over. Got to get Cal and Stanford. I've got to get themselves some permanent partners. Yeah, that can be. It's a lot of logistics to figure out here. All right, Ethan, game ball. Who gets yours? I'm giving mine to Peyton Wilson. I think that's um an obvious one for the defense. I mean. After the game, we talked about it. He's take, taken on that leadership role this year, and that showed up. He said he – last year, Isaiah Moore was one of the guys that, you know, played a big role and before the game, getting the team's mind right and um, getting everyone focused and locked in at the hotel before the game, keeping guys composed on the sideline. Peyton said um, he took it upon himself to take that role this year. He said he enjoyed that opportunity and – um you know, I got showed up on the field with a lot of new faces on the defense around him. Um, in the second half, I thought he really, really started playing well. Uh, his tackle for loss was impressive. Um, he plays like he's getting shot out of a cannon. You know, that's something we're all that's all too familiar to NC State fans. Um, they challenged him a little bit in the passing game, beat him once in the first half. He came back and got an interception to, you know, wrap up the game on a really, really beautifully read play where he came off, I believe, his original assignment and got the interception. That was impressive. Um, so, yeah, that's an easy one for me. Um, I'll take I was obviously impressed with him after the game, and um, I think every NC State fan should be as well. I'll take the other obvious one, give it to Brendan Armstrong, who, quite frankly, won the game with his legs. Um, uh, the game called for a mobile quarterback, give UConn credit, I thought, and I, I'm very curious to see how UConn turns out, by the way. I thought they looked pretty solid. It looks like a team that returned one of the highest amount of returning production in all of college football last year. They looked improved. You know, they still got to get the passing game figured out. That's still their chilly heel. But, you know, they're going up against potentially one of the better passing defenses they're going to face this year with the exotic blitzes and the cover corners that NC State had. Um, but UConn definitely tested NC State, and NC State would not have passed if it had not been for Brennan Armstrong and his ability to to run the football and nearly get 100 yards running. NC State had over 200 yards. Uh, the only time they ran for more yards in a game last year was against an FCS team. Um, 
They were six times in 10 games against Power 5 competition last year. They were under 100 yards rushing six times. They had more than 100 yards at halftime against UConn. Now, UConn wasn't a power, it's not a Power 5 team, obviously, but just gives you some perspective of how challenging it was last year for NC State to run run the football. Um, and so there is some potential for this offense because of what Brennan Armstrong can do. He gets my game ball. Um, and uh, we got Notre Dame next week, Ethan. Big one, Carter Friendly Stadium, home game. Um, should be a big week for recruiting. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you too much, but I'm just going to say it's a big week for recruiting, and there will be a lot of visitors obviously coming for that Notre Dame game, noon kickoff. Um, the Fighting Irish play Saturday, I think, against Tennessee State. Yes. Maybe. So, lot to look forward to next week on thewolfpacker.com. So subscribe to it. Follow us on all of our social media accounts. Very simple. The Wolfpacker. That's Instagram. That's YouTube. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. It's all The Wolfpacker. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan M. McDowell as well. Um, also, please uh, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. Follow us on YouTube. That helps us out. So, For Ethan, I'm Matt, and this has been The Wolfpacker Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.